0: hello
1: hi oh my god it's been oh my god we've been recording season four for so long we haven't like just sat down and talked i'm so excited to just have like a normal zoom call with my friend what's what's going on with you are you like oh my god i've been like through the job application process i have like a lot of news actually um you might notice uh something new on my finger it's just a new ring. It's not an engagement. Haha. Ha, that was a, just a little joke for you. I'm just I'm just so excited to be talking normally without doing anything, without having any tasks, not having to talk about Chuck.
0: Well, Aaron, I have um, some good news and some bad news. OK, uh, the good news is that we're here together and we're both happy and healthy and safe.
1: That's true. Uh, I'm so happy I, that we're happy and healthy oh. and safe.
0: And uh, I, well, I guess it's not necessarily bad news, but um, there are DVD bonus features that we need to talk about. What? The Season 4 DVD bonus features. Okay. Season four—it's not over. We may have talked about uh, Chuck versus the cliffhanger, but we are far, far from done uh, <laughs> oh, talking no. about season four. Uh, my name is Chris Gillespie. Hello.
1: My name is Aaron Arada. Also, hello. As uh, as we said, this is the longest season of Chuck, mm-hmm. and it was it was a wild ride. I quite enjoyed it, but I yeah. am excited to be moving into season five, um, and. I jested in our in our little cold open. I am happy to talk about these bonus features. I think there's a lot of um, interesting content that we really need to like sink our teeth into.
0: Yes, uh, it is a a tradition here at Go Chuck Yourself. Once we finish a season, to look over the uh, bonus features which come included with my DVD set of Chuck. So we are looking at the season four bonus features and. You know, spring has sprung here at Go Chuck Yourself, and what better way to celebrate than by staying inside to watch DVD bonus features from 2011.
1: Yep, watching the sun just go through the sky outside my window as I sit here and watch Zachary Levi fart.
0: Well, (laughs) at least you can see the sun outside your window because I have... uh, blacked out my curtains and everything so so you can see me because if i had my curtains open you would not be able to see me because of all the light so i am sitting in a dark room talking about (laughs) dvd bonus features uh of chuck here with aaron listener maybe you are out and you're doing something fun maybe you're going for a walk or you're you're going for a car ride or you're doing some maybe some springtime yard work and uh
1: kayaking uh, you're uh training your dog or cat
0: Uh, yeah i guess those are also fun springtime activities uh if you know maybe you're going for a socially distanced uh walk or get together but that would be kind of rude if you're listening to a podcast while while hanging out with someone maybe you should put us down and focus on the person that you're with
1: yeah damn it
0: (laughs) pay attention to them come on uh so this is an exciting bonus feature episode uh longtime listeners of the show Know that, uh, look, we've struggled with these episodes for a long time. Uh, um, I think that so the history of the bonus feature episode was that, like, I have the DVDs. Aaron does not have the DVDs. So it kind of would be that I would watch the bonus features. I mean, originally, I would watch all of the bonus features and the deleted scenes and then kind of report back, do a book report, if you will, on these things and I have to just talk at Aaron about it as Erin <laughs> stares at me with her blank eyes, just wanting to die because she doesn't know what I'm talking about. It just kind of has to go off of what I'm saying. Uh, and then it's obviously true. I figured that it made more sense to incorporate the the deleted scenes into the actual season rather than talking about them after the fact, which I think was great a, idea,
1: groundbreaking. A good
0: idea, thank you. Um, and following in this tradition of good innovative innovative ideas, uh, when I had was talking to a friend of the show and and host of temple of the false pod podcast our our friend andy stalker i had said you know these bonus feature episodes i feel bad because i have the dvds and aaron's all like i streamed the episodes and so she doesn't have it and he's like why don't you just share your screen why don't you just watch the dvds and use the technology that exists in 2021 he's a genius Yes. The
1: old VLC media player bringing us together once again.
0: So, yes, I could have been doing this the entire time and did not think of it. Uh but I guess that is just a testament to how uh how acclimated we all have become to uh virtual hanging out and uh using the the technology that we have to uh to form meaningful experiences. So, Aaron, this is your first time watching DVD bonus features. How did it feel?
1: Well, I was just um I don't want to Go back too far into what you just said, but I just realized that, um, well, you, of course, should have been screen sharing this whole time, and it's a very good idea. Thank you, Andy. I also, it has come to my attention just now when searching it that if you had given me the names of the bonus features, they are all available on YouTube. So, well,
0: <laughs> look, the ball is dropped. Something that we learned here at the end
1: of season four of a five season podcast is that, um, something something we you know better late than never
0: you live and you learn and you get better at doing the podcast after four seasons of it uh so i'm looking forward to the season five bonus features where which we're just gonna knock out of the park we are we're
1: gonna do so well
0: quite frankly aaron if you want to go back and rewatch the bonus features from previous seasons (laughs) we we can do that we're gonna have time on our hands that's Uh, true (laughs) so just let me know i don't want you to feel like you've been missing anything from your your chuck experience
1: oh well you know chris i really don't feel like i've been missing anything (laughs) to be honest with you (laughs) to answer your question um i did genuinely enjoy watching the season four bonus features i think that it was although i don't feel like i was missing anything in previous seasons um i do think it's an interesting element um we can get into it more with the individual, um, elements that are part of the bonus features, but I think it's very interesting how there are, like, ostensibly small documentaries, but the actors are still sort of in character. Um, I don't know if, I, I assume that there is some level of, like, Chuck Morgan or, like, Zachary and Joshua are, like, Similar to their characters enough, but there's also, like, I feel like they're playing up those elements a little bit to, like, have people who love the characters, like, love the actors as well. So I think Mm -hmm. we can get into that. But I thought that was a really interesting element that I, having not seen any of these before, like, hadn't really thought about. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, of course, we had the uh, Jeff and Lester, not documentary, actual, like, additional... Chalk content that was just kind of like supplementary to the beginning of season four. Um, That was interesting too. Interesting to see what they were up to while they were on the run.
0: So we have specifically what we're going to be talking about. The bonus features, Aaron touched upon them uh, just now. So we have uh, what is called by hard, the Jeff and Lester story, which is a um, five part series of these like three minute long mini episodes Uh, following Jeff and Lester, before I guess the start of season four, it seems. Uh, Yeah, I would assume
1: because they're talking about like how they burned down the Bymore and are on the run.
0: Right, and then we have Chuck versus directing, which is about uh, is the mini documentary about Zachary Levi's experience directing Chuck versus the Leftovers from this season, and then we also have Operation Gomez, uh, which follows Joshua Gomez as he spies on the rest of the cast and crew. And then finally, we have everybody's favorite. That's right. The bloopers.
1: It is like bloopers are fun. Um, I, I, It's difficult to talk to talk about in a podcast medium, like to say, <laughs> and then Sarah messed up her line. But we'll try. We'll talk about it.
0: Bloopers are not something that you can really consume secondhand, but we'll gosh darn it. Try our <coughs> hardest to to force those bloopers into your ears and to to make you understand what we saw to make you live the experiences that we've lived uh so kicking it off we have buy hard jeff and lester story this is uh the installments are spread out across all of the dvds so we had to uh pop those little dvds in and out of the dvd player and uh
1: how was that for you was that fun
0: yeah, it was, I enjoyed it. It was fine. I okay. Feel like mm-hmm. I was like a, a DJ or something. I don't know why. <laughs> now that yeah. DJs put, I don't know, they put CDs and stuff, or they used to.
1: DJ, <laughs> yeah.
0: Um. So, Buy Hard is, I guess. How do I don't know. How do do you want to talk about it, like episode by episode, or are we just talking like larger, overarching what the story of Buy Hard is.
1: Let's let's tell the the overarching story and then like stop as we go to like lay out moments that really stood out to us. Okay. Cuz I have a lot for the first episode, but then my my notes kind of like go downhill.
0: Okay, well why don't you tell us what happens in the first episode?
1: Okay. So in the first episode, Jeff and Lester are living in Jeff's van. Um, they are on the run ostensibly due to the fact that they think that they burned down the Bymore and, um, everyone is out to get them. You may remember that from the beginning of season four, end of season three. Um, their only respite from the horrors of being on the road is, you guessed it, Halo. They love Halo and they kind of, they're playing it with a generator, like they have like a big screen TV outside hooked up to a generator. Is that accurate, would you say?
0: Yeah, that is what they are doing.
1: Okay. Um, So, this is the point where the uh, five-episode Jeff and Lester uh, mockumentary becomes a commercial for the newly-released Halo Reach game. The uh, plot of the remaining four episodes will be Jeff and Lester making an attempt to acquire Halo Reach through their various misdeeds and capers. Um, But I wanted to talk about some things in season, uh, or season, God, um, episode one of this little thing that stood out to me, um, Lester refers to toning his hairless body, I thought that was just a nice line, he also says that living with Jeff is like a jar full of olives with all the olives eaten, I don't know if that stood out to you, but I thought that was that was like a T.S. Eliot level metaphor, I would say.
0: It, it is. It's a kind of a, a very literary illusion here in yeah. a, a bonus feature.
1: Lester refers to friendlies, which, as I understand it, is like a New England specific chain. I know that they have extended to New York and stuff, and Lester is from Canada, but I don't know if friendlies ever made it to California, and I, I didn't research this at all, but that was interesting to me. Did he refer
0: to friendlies? I didn't I he missed it, I guess. He said oh. something
1: about his like friendlies punch card or something. I don't know, like maybe whoever wrote this is from the New England area. Um, and then just two last things about this episode. This episode, I don't know when in the continuity of season four they made this, but they do imply that Lester, not Jeff, is psychic. Or Lester at least says, I knew I had ESP, which I thought was interesting mm-hmm. because as we remember Jeff is the one who's psychic later in season four. Um, and then my last note is a question for you, Chris. Do you think that this is scripted or do you think that it's improv?
0: This appeared to be uh, scripted to me.
1: Okay. There were like certain moments that just felt like, I mean, I'm sure it's some combination. Like they've yeah. been, the actors have been working together for so long they can like probably improv some things. But there were moments where I wasn't sure. I imagine like the, the arc, like, I imagine they didn't come up with, let's advertise Halo Reach on their own, but, like, the the Jar of Olives and the hairless body and, like, individual lines just felt like throwing them out. I don't know.
0: Yeah, it definitely kind of seemed a little bit more loose than a, yeah. you know, normal episode. I, I'm sorry if I'm distracted now. I'm looking into the... Uh,
1: the History of Friendlies?
0: Yes. Was it uh, ever it in like- California? Not in California, but apparently, like definitely in New England, and then uh-huh. kind of in the mid-Atlantic region, New York, uh-huh. Pennsylvania, Delaware, Maryland, uh-huh. and then South Carolina and Florida. Okay. So someone maybe from the Northeast, uh, yeah. or Florida, I guess, anywhere yeah. on the East Coast. But uh yeah, love friendlies. Actually, I think one of the last times that we we dined together at a friendlies. Oh, a few that's years true. Ago.
1: Yes, that was a while ago.
0: Yeah, now friendlies, a lot of them are closing. It's very sad. I enjoy friendlies. We'll have to do some kind of telethon. A telethon to yes. save friendlies.
1: All right, we'll work on that. I think it's been <laughs> multiple years since that's been happening, but we'll we'll come in at the end.
0: <laughs> we'll save them right at the end to get those little ice cream sundays mm-hmm. that look like little monsters. Uh, people in other parts of the country will be very confused by...
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, Lester will not because Lester <laughs> has a friendly punch card. Great. Okay, so season or I keep doing that. Episode two. <laughs> what are what are your thoughts?
0: So in episode two, uh Jeff and Lester arrive at the Bymore In uh Encino. Am I saying that right? It's not Encino. What Encino? Is...
1: No, it's Encino.
0: Encino. Okay. Hello, I speak Californian. I'm at the Encino Bymore. More. Uh in Encino Buy More, you know, looks a lot like the Burbank Buy More, which it is does, not. But you know, crazy. stores look
1: similar to each other. That is a thing.
0: Stores look similar, so it's not that not that crazy. Um, they enter, and there's a lot of people who are in line, uh, waiting for the midnight release of Halo Reach. Uh, even though it seems to be in the middle of the day, could be in the afternoon. Not really yeah, clear. Yeah, I was
1: I was a little confused about that.
0: Jeff and Lester are like walk in, and they're wearing these kinds of like cheap Master Chief uh Halloween costumes to disguise cuz they are allegedly the uh you know most wanted men in buy more and they're they would be recognized by the other sales associates so they're wearing these uh master chief costumes jeff has some kind of weird like uh i don't know exactly he goes into like this kind of trance where he's yeah. he's seeing things like he's playing halo in first person
1: yeah they refer to it as halo vision
0: This is apparently something that happens because Lester seems to know how to snap him out of it or he tries to snap Mm -hmm. him out of it. Mm -hmm. Uh, And they eventually kind of get their stuff together and they decide to cut everyone who's in line, like right in front of them. Yeah, Not in any kind of sneaky way. They just cut the line.
1: No one's really that upset about it.
0: I was wondering at this point if I was like, was this intentional? Like, is someone going to call them out for cutting the line? Or is this just like the main characters are moving to the primary space and we're not supposed to think anything of it oh but someone calls him out on it they get called out on (laughs) right all right by none other than big mike that's right (gasps) big mike pops up and he says no cutsies and no butsies and he thinks they're strangers but then he recognizes jeff and lester's sense and he takes their masks off and reveals that it's jeff and lester and big mike is he's stunned we don't know what's going to happen and i think at this point it's I was kind of, you know, these are a little nano episodes, but I thought it was pretty impressive how they seem to incorporate a cliffhanger into each one of them.
1: They did, yes, they do. Um, something else that they incorporate in starting in uh, episode two and continuing on through the season is like a little recap, like a very short recap of what's going on. I was wondering, like, who who do you think is narrating this? Doesn't sound like any of them. Like, it's not like when the actors say previously on, like, it's like Someone I'd like to imagine it's like Josh Schwartz or Chris Friedak. I don't think it was. I'm sure if we looked at the credits, we could determine who it was, um, mm-hmm. but I thought that was very funny. It was like a deep-voiced audio person.
0: Uh, the voiceover lent a level of seriousness yes. to this very silly thing that made for a good juxtaposition. Uh, so, when we pick up episode three, we learn that uh, Well, I guess we don't really learn anything, but we kind of just continue (laughs) the the moment. uh, Jeff and Lester have realized that they have no reason to listen to Big Mike because he's not their boss anymore. And in a sign of disrespect, they refer to him as Large Michael, which I thought was pretty funny. Um, A sales associate named Ruben comes over and says that he's taser certified.
1: Yeah, he's got a taser.
0: Because Big Mike, Jeff, and Lester are starting to fight, and they're, like, pushing themselves, like, each other around and causing a scene. So he threatens to tase all of them unless they leave the store. Um, But he does tase them, right? And then they leave.
1: I don't think he actually tases them because they don't, like, fall to the ground or anything. I think he just turns on his taser in a threatening manner. I mean, I, I understand that, like, Halo Reach being released was a big deal for many people. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is kind of shocking that a, um, a store employee would be trusted with a, like a high grade weapon that could damage someone in that way.
0: I admittedly not familiar with taser laws in the state of California. I'm not, I, I also, you know, I've worked in retail in varying capacities. I've never encountered a situation where anyone was allowed to carry a taser, uh, let alone threaten customers with it, but <laughs> Who knows? Maybe that's what happens in California. Erin, any insight into that?
1: Yeah, I mean, everybody like if I if you walk into Rite Aid, all the people have tasers. It's just kind of like the way things are here. Like in Texas, we're just glad we're not in Texas because in Texas they have guns.
0: Right. So in California, everyone's walking around smoking their legal pot and shooting off their tasers and yeah. wearing flip flops
1: yeah that's that's pretty, and then don't forget like they're they just have like whole avocados in their hand, and they're just like taking a bite skin and all <laughs>
0: that's California people do people do that? Is that a joke?
1: bite into avocados with the skin on it
0: see I mean people eat apples, you know
1: that's very different. um if by people you mean squirrels, I have definitely seen squirrels eat avocados with the skin on, but I don't know about um. People. That was a joke, but you know, California.
0: I don't know. I've only been to California for like 72 hours. I don't know how things are there. So
1: that's true. Okay. Uh, well, you'll have to come <laughs> for season five and we'll we'll figure it out.
0: And we'll eat avocados by the handful.
1: Sounds great. <laughs> uh
0: so back in Bihard, um Big Mike, Jeff, and Lester have been uh expelled from the store and now they're back in the van and they realize that for for each they each need halo reach for some reason it's going to fulfill some kind of promise in their life to get this video game Mm -hmm. uh so lester formulates a plan to break in and steal halo reach from the encino buy more and at this point i was thinking this is a very elaborate earnest product placement for halo reach like big mike mark christopher lawrence is like delivering a performance where he's almost on the verge of tears saying that he needs halo reach yeah i was like this is very strange
1: i don't know exactly why the people behind halo reach agreed to this um or if they asked for it i would like to know the impetus of this as a concept (laughs) um but that's a mystery we only know what we have
0: There might have been some kind of deal where it's like Halo Reach will Microsoft will underwrite the season or sponsor the season and we get, you know, they get a certain level of product placement. And then also like the stipulation where they're advertising the DVD content, Uh I guess. I don't know.
1: Yeah. Well, we all know that Chuck, like when they're asked to have product placement, they go all the way with it.
0: That's right and you know it was effective because here we are we're still talking about halo reach now we are yeah (laughs) free advertising um i think it's probably on steam i guess go check out halo reach on steam if you want or or gamestop get it at the used game section for your xbox 360 i don't know episode four of buy hard uh i was excited aaron why was i excited at the beginning of episode four
1: well, they realize that the only and best way to get into the Encino Buy More is through Chris's favorite uh, location in the world, the Air Ducks.
0: The Air Ducks. They're back. That's right. The Air Ducks are so pervasive in season four that they are even prominently featured in the weird bonus product <laughs> placement bonus content.
1: So this episode begins um, sort of a something that will continue throughout this episode and the next which is something that I don't really think is a plot in the rest of the show, Chuck. Obviously, Big Mike is called Big Mike, but I never really thought of it in a like fat-shaming context. I never thought it was like a reference to his weight, exactly. I just thought he was like a large, imposing man. But mm-hmm. this episode presents the fact that Big Mike is worried he will not be able to fit through the air ducts, um, to which Jeff suggests that they can butter him up. Um, Big Mike says he's going to go through au naturel, which I thought meant that he was going to go through naked. Did you think that too?
0: (laughs) Uh, Yes. Yes, I did.
1: But as we've established, these seem to be similar air ducts to the ones in the Burbank by more in that they are very big. So Big Mike has plenty of room. He looks like essentially like he is standing in like crawling in a pretty normal room space. Like it's not really like a tight squeeze at all. Um, we also learn in this episode Big Mike's motivations for wanting the, um, (laughs) Halo Reach game, and he says that nothing gets Bologna frothing like playing Halo, which, if you just think of frothing as, like, a nice, maybe not nice, but if you just think of it as, like, She's excited like that's. But if you think of it like in Mm -hmm. the literal normal use of frothing, like froth on like a milkshake or a drink or something, um, then it gets really gross and really upsetting. Uh, And I don't think that we should be talking about Morgan's mother that way.
0: I think this uh, (laughs) graphic descriptions aside, I think that this kind of provided a little bit of insight because I feel like throughout season four, he doesn't really he didn't really talk too much about. Bologna too much. Yeah, other than think. like
1: she wouldn't let him go to Vegas. That was like one of the main times we've talked about her.
0: Right. So the fact that this introduces the fact that Big Mike and Bologna are having these kinds of issues, it kind of explains or provides context for the rest of the season when she's not when like he's not really talking about her that much or discussing his um rampant, vivacious love life with her, like he used to describe in previous seasons. So
1: Do you think that frothing? is grosser or less gross than diddling (laughs) on a scale of zero to five corn dogs uh
0: i i think uh (laughs) frothing i think is probably has to uh take the cake i think
1: yeah i think you're right
0: that is a a jarring description I think my brain's broken now. Yeah. Um,
1: so uh, much, much like Chris's brain, the air ducts break under um, presumably Big Mike's weight, um, which is a little bit upsetting. But Jeff Lester and Big Mike crash through the air ducts directly into the midnight release for Halo Reach.
0: And when they wake up, uh, Jeff is like again having like a Halo vision, and he he swears to destroy the Covenant, which are the bad guys in Halo. And he starts freaking out and Lester tries to lead Jeff out of the store, but Jeff's in too deep. And then the store manager of Encino comes over and tries to he either thinks that they work for Microsoft, Jeff and Lester, or he's trying to convince everyone in the audience that Jeff and Lester work for Microsoft and that this was some kind of planned promotional stunt. Um, But he eventually just gets so fed up with Jeff and Lester and just wants them to leave because he thinks that they're actually costing him sales. So he asks what it would take for them to just leave. And Jeff and Lester say that they need two copies of Halo Reach. So the store manager just hands them two copies of this video game, which presumably costs like 50 or $60. And he's concerned about losing sales, but he's not against just handing out free copies to people. So he uh, he gives them copies of the game and they leave. So then uh, back at the campsite, Lester kind of has like a direct to camera testimonial where he says that all is right with the world. He explains that. Big Mike is back home making love to Bologna uh, because of Halo Reach. And he and Jeff are having fun getting ready to play Halo Reach. So then we see them uh, sitting in their recliners out in their like weird living room campsite. And the uh, the main menu of Halo Reach is about to start. The, the cut scenes are over. They're about to start the game. And then they lose power because they forgot to get more fuel for their generator because they were too busy. Trying to get Halo Reach, so they can't even play it.
1: That is uh, by hard.
0: That's buy hard. That's the story of buy hard right there. See, it's actually uh,
1: funny um because when I heard buy hard, I thought, "Oh, of course, that is a reference to Walk Hard, the Dewey Cox story," um <laughs> which I didn't realize until like pretty much just now.
0: That that it's a uh reference to Die Hard would be yes, the more now. obvious comparison. Yeah. Okay.
1: I was thinking outside the box, <laughs> way outside the box. Well, that's like a music documentary, right?
0: It is. I have you seen it? No, I you referenced it
1: because Gary Cole is in it, right? That was that what you was that? What no, you he's in Talladega it? Nights. Oh, OK. You know, Will Ferrell comedy.
0: John C. Riley comedy, actually, Aaron, if we're being specific.
1: Is Will Ferrell in Walk Hard? The Dewey Cox story?
0: Uh, I don't think so.
1: Okay, well, I'm just confused about my mid two thousands comedies.
0: It's okay. I will say that I I had not seen uh, Walk Hard until uh, sometimes during lockdown. Mm-hmm. I watched it and I really enjoyed it. I thought it was actually very funny and it's an underrated comedy.
1: All right, uh, I might uh, I might so, give it a give it a little watch.
0: So when we were watching Buy Hard, uh, Seth entered the room and Aaron asked for his uh, feedback on Halo Reach, which was what.
1: Did he write it down? Because I didn't. He said he didn't like it. Uh,
0: yeah, I think it was, quote, I don't like Halo Reach. Uh,
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which- it was, uh, <laughs> it, it was short and to the point. Um yes. But his answer was very much ready, right on the ed- edge of his lips. Like, he didn't even take time to think about it. I said, what do you think about Halo Reach? And he said, no.
0: Right. He, he got to the point. That was uh, aligned with my understanding of Halo Reach around- when this episode would have aired 2011 was kind of when I was somewhat involved with halo. So I was familiar with halo two and halo three. Um, I'd owned Xbox cause I'm a PlayStation guy uh, through and through. And then uh, I would play Xbox with my friends. They were mm-hmm. really into halo. So I do remember yep. when halo reach came out and it Uh-oh. was hotly anticipated. And uh, the, the memory that I have is that everyone was disappointed by it. The, the hype did not, uh, actually, deliver, and everyone was kind of underwhelmed by Halo Reach.
1: This is one of those times when you're speaking, and I have the, what did you say? Glazed eyes, dead eyes, whatever you said at the beginning of this episode. I'm just, what are they reaching for? What is what's the reach? I don't know. Okay. Um, <laughs> a follow-up question: Do we think that by hard is a um, is a reach, or do you think that they have reached what they were reaching for?
0: I think they reached what they were reaching for if the what they were reaching for was having people say halo reach a lot because we have said halo reach a lot. <laughs> yeah, uh, if you were so, taking a shot
1: every time we said halo reach, you'd probably be pretty drunk by now or dead. Right.
0: And uh so I it makes people think about halo reach and obviously paints halo reach in a desirable light as something that will be uh not only give you a fun night to play video games with your friend but also as a you know Pansia to for your sex life. If you have a struggling relationship, get Halo Reach and reinvigorate your sex life.
1: Although, they don't actually play Halo Reach. The thing that is being advertised as reinvigorating is the the other Halos and then also acquiring Halo Reach. So what will reinvigorate your love life and cause you to bond with your friend is buying Halo Reach, spending your hard-earned money on Halo Reach, actually playing it the Byhard story does not address. Just to be clear.
0: Halo Reach, it's available for $10 on Steam. Uh, Check it out, I guess. Oh, that's pretty cheap. So we will uh, move on from that. I'm sure we'll say Halo Reach sometime later in this episode, but if I say (laughs) it one more time imminently, I will lose my mind. So let's move on into Chuck versus Directing, which was a 15-minute little brief documentary about Zachary Levi's experience getting behind... The camera getting into the director's seat uh, for his second episode directing. Uh, His first episode directing was Chuck versus the beard. That was season Mm -hmm. three. Now we're in season Mm -hmm. four and he's directing Chuck versus the leftovers.
1: My first note about this is I still don't really understand what a director does other than like this. This doesn't really explain the role of a director beyond my understanding of like stands behind the camera, sits in a director's chair, and yells action and cut. Doesn't really Mm -hmm. offer any more input. What it does offer is um, Zachary Levi's sister and dad are present. I I have to assume, they don't really explain this, but I have to assume maybe he invited them to set for, like, his directing, like, for moral support, because they're obviously not in the episode. Um... I've never seen mm. them before. Have they been present in other bonus features before?
0: No, I don't think so. I haven't seen them before okay. either. Um, yeah, I don't know if they were just on set for that particular day, or if they... Because maybe they're, like, part of his entourage, you know? maybe That's, that's true. they're yep. just always there. Maybe he pays them to to help out.
1: I thought it was very interesting, because his sister references, like, his morning routine, and how mm. he, every time... He wakes up, he watches Cartoon Network, and, like, she referred to specific shows. I think she said the Flintstones or the Jetsons, one of those that he was watching. Mm-hmm. Um, and it brought up the question of, does he live with his sister, much like Chuck Bartowski lived with his sister Ellie?
0: Um, if she's
1: If she's in his entourage, that makes sense. If she was staying, like, maybe at his apartment or in a hotel room or something. But it was very interesting that she brought this up.
0: He's a fan of these classic cartoons. I yep. think that kind of translates into or is visible in some of his performances, I think, mm-hmm. in Chuck and I think probably in Shazam, maybe there's a kind of cartoonish quality sometimes. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, he also likes skateboarding around set. He does,
1: yes. Uh, he lifts up wires. He zips under and over them. He was having a great time.
0: Apparently, something you can do when you're the director and star of a television show, you can just skateboard around whenever you want. Um, Everyone, uh, you know, cast and crew, obviously, they're probably not going to say anything critical about the star of the show and the Mm -hmm. director, Mm -hmm. but they all had glowing things to say about his uh, performance as a director.
1: Linda Hamilton, in fact, says that he's the best director she's ever worked with, which I have to assume is sarcasm and not that she is dissing James Cameron but um she does say it it's kind of interesting because we start off and there's like kind of like an ironic like they're they're sort of dissing Zachary Levi and then they're kind of saying like he's too into it he's not into it and then like by the end they've kind of like come around to like he's a great director we're having so much fun together but it was Mm -hmm. very interesting because this was about 15 minutes long, a little less. And there's kind of like an arc to it. Um, and there's obviously like comedic elements. And sometimes the people interviewed are being genuine and other times they are not. And it was kind of interesting trying to piece that together. You know?
0: Like who was being, uh, who was just being jestful and who was being passive aggressive. Yes. Uh, they did talk to pretty much all of the, the entire cast, basically. Yeah, Timothy Dalin to- was
1: there. He was... I expressed to Chris that I don't think I've ever really heard him in a non anacting role. I don't usually like watch interview videos with him. He really just sounds like Volkoff.
0: Yeah, he seems, it seems that his, uh, uh, har, har, <laughs> Harvey, no, it's not Harvey, Hartley, Hartley, Hart- Hartley Winterbottom, Winterbottom, his real name, seems like that's pretty close to how he is. He seemed like he was pretty, yeah, you know, it was, pretty he seemed like dude. a nice guy. Um, they talked to Yvonne, they talked to Adam Baldwin, Joshua Gomez. Um, they also they talked
1: talk- to, were you going to say the crew? Yes. Yeah. They talked to like the, the key grip. They talked to pear makeup. They talked to sound. They talked to the AD. They talked to the director of photography. Talked to a lot of people.
0: Yeah. Um, they talked to the script supervisor. Uh, all of these people have names, which we did not write down, uh, cause that would have, I guess, caused us to or necessitated us to pause what we were doing and we were just too enthralled
1: cruising through we were so enthralled um something interesting that comes up which i think is meant facetiously but i thought would have been an interesting plot line and i don't know if it was there somewhere along the line was um casey makes a joke about the sexual tension between him and chuck's mom Mm -hmm. and i wonder if somewhere along the line they were actually thinking that I mean, it would be kind of messed up because then the family would become so insular that, like, (laughs) everybody is related to everybody. But I do wonder, like, they're kind of similarly aged. Right. And I could imagine a world where they would think it was funny that, like, Casey becoming Chuck's stepfather.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: It doesn't come up. I, I assume, like... I. I feel like I can imagine that it was a plan for season five and then they just couldn't get Linda Hamilton again. So they just mm-hmm. give Casey a different love interest. Um, but I could imagine it happening.
0: I could see it in the realm of possibility if yeah. you as like from a writing standpoint and thinking that that could be a direction to go in. Yeah. Um, I I think that was also interesting because they they kind of reiterated that working on set like this you know is could be a <laughs> anywhere between a 14 and 17 hour yep. work day mm-hmm. which is truly staggering um people have to work so hard for yep. any kind of media production it's, it, it's crazy it
1: aligned with what jesse hyman told us um about his experiences
0: it did uh go listen to our go fernando yourself episode if you want to hear more about jesse hyman's experience um so yeah, I mean they all a lot of the the cast and crew were kind of saying that they imagine that Zachary Levi must be like during a normal week or season or episode of Chuck that he's probably pretty baseline exhausted. Mm-hmm. And so they were all like, we don't know how he's doing this. Like he's directing and starring in an episode. Like, how is he still functioning? Cause it sounds like a lot of work because they said that he had to in the previous week, he had to not only, like, star in the episode, but then also do the prep work for the episode that he was directing. Mm-hmm. So it's, like, doing two jobs. Yep. And then he is doing two jobs again and starring and um, directing at the same time, which is just crazy.
1: It's very impressive.
0: But I guess a lot of the cast and crew appreciate that because mm-hmm. he has a... He brings an actor's perspective to the director's uh, role, and he knows the show inside and out so he knows what makes makes a good episode and i think both of his episodes i think like looking back at the you know we're not totally at the end yet but i think like looking back at the seat the series as a whole i think the two episodes that he directed are certainly standout episodes
1: yeah i definitely agree
0: um chuck versus the beard and chuck versus the leftovers i think are we both really enjoyed Mm -hmm. a lot so Mm -hmm. um i think he he does a good job he knows what he's doing and he's probably exhausted all the time.
1: <laughs> yeah, hopefully he's uh, since in the in the ten years since. Hopefully he's gotten a rest.
0: Yes, uh, and it seems like they just you know they all the people have fun and they enjoy working together and they have a good time making trouble. Yeah, and
1: it was heartwarming. It was nice to see.
0: Yes, it's very heartwarming.
1: So uh, something that's maybe a little less heartwarming, or maybe a little <laughs> more. We'll we'll see what you think about it, Chris. Um, Operation Gomez. Which the plot of this is, um, this is kind of one of the things I mentioned where it is Joshua Gomez, um, Mm -hmm. but he is kind of adopting a Morgan-type persona of being, like, very interested. It's very similar to his character in that he's, like, conducting spy activities. Like, he's been inspired by the content of the show, and he is now, like, acting as a bodyguard and seemingly being, like, manipulated by um adam baldwin um to like clean his gutters and whatnot um while uh joshua gomez actually thinks that he is like acting as a spy or bodyguard for adam baldwin um he runs into trouble with some of the cast and crew as he's like taking covert pictures he's uh has some trouble like he's picking locks, he's like diffusing bombs, but actually they're not really bombs, like that that kind of thing. And he's talking about his experience and how it has led him to view threats everywhere in the world and want to protect his onset family. I thought it was interesting thinking about why they did this. Um and I have to assume that, like, people like the character of Morgan and like to see his hijinks, so they thought they would combine like the real world with like some Morgan character motifs Um, because maybe like, I'm sure Joshua Gomez has some elements that he shares with Morgan, but maybe they felt that they needed a more comedic bonus feature and that like people would engage with it more if like he was very similar to his character as Morgan. But I imagine it's like, weird to make one of these where you have to like be yourself but also kind of act like your character and like what that line is Mm -hmm. did you find this interesting
0: (laughs) yeah i mean i kind of was thinking like it's kind of it's not exactly but i was thinking it's sort of along the lines of like curb your enthusiasm where Uh it seemed basically all improvised and um there were you know joshua gomez is in it playing a version of himself and then um Zachary Levi, Adam Baldwin, and Yvonne are all in it, playing versions of themselves, clearly improvised. Which I thought that they did; um, they all did a really good job improvising, which is obviously, you know, a testament to their skills, but also their chemistry and friendship that they have to to be able to do that. Um, I did think it was kind of it hard to follow because, like you said, like it's more Joshua Gomez adopting characteristics of Morgan and so the distinction between the the actor and the character is kind of blurred in this weird way that yes. makes it kind of hard to know what we're supposed to be laughing at or what the joke is kind of um whereas in the chuck versus directing you know they kind of obviously people behave a certain way in, on on camera and maybe that's similar to how they portray their characters but in this one it was kind of more like is this um you know, where, are we supposed to believe that the, the actors are like their characters? Are we not supposed to believe that? Yeah. I think what kind of stood out to me was that this this was more in the vein of the other bonus features I've seen from previous seasons mm-hmm. Um, where it was kind of like this is not that entertaining or funny. And it kind of just feels like filler that they had mm-hmm. to say, like, we need to put something in the bonus features. So yeah. Um, It kind of seemed like this was getting filmed the same time during the same episode. Yes, I was going to ask
1: you that. Because they show some of the same scenes from um, Chuck versus the Leftovers.
0: Yeah, so I, and just like the, I I don't know, this is maybe like a self-involved way of thinking of it, but when I was watching this, I was like, oh, this reminds me of something that it would be like, I would have, me and my friends would have filmed in like high school and we thought (laughs) like. We came up with the idea in the morning and then we filmed it in the afternoon and like it was way too long and we thought it was good, but then when we show it to people, I, no one else enjoys it or likes it. And there's like that was kind of weird. Um yeah. so I kind of feel like it could have been a similar thing where it's like, hey, um, the film crews here doing Chuck versus uh directing, we also gotta film something else. Why don't we do something with Joshua Gomez pretending yeah. to be a spy? And yeah. Um, so it felt very half-baked. Uh and then um obviously the the elephant in the room that we have not yet discussed yep, is we, how we got
1: to touch <laughs> on it
0: operation gomez concludes uh we, we, throughout the, the it's like 10 minutes or so throughout the mm. thing we see the shot of joshua gomez planting some kind of device in a bathroom like uh above a shower somehow mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. we're never really led to believe we're, we're not told whose shower this is mm-hmm. it's not like the set shower like it's not Chuck's apartment shower it's just like yeah. like a normal hotel shower mm-hmm. and uh we find out who shower it is at the end uh and it is uh it's in Yvonne's trailers or what we're led to believe is Yvonne's trailer bathroom mm-hmm. and yep. uh more uh Morgan sorry hard to make the distinction in this case <laughs> Joshua Gomez has planted a cameras in Yvonne's bathroom and that is the joke
1: yep and she is not happy about it. Um, that seems to be the comedic crux of, like, what this as a short is building up to. Um, and we are treated to multiple shots of Yvonne asking for the footage back, asking if Morgan has watched it, and then the short actually ends with her chasing Morgan through the studio lot, demanding that he give the footage back. So, it's rough. It's, um not really something that i think that should be made light of i also like have a vague memory of around this time there was some like actual peeping tom putting cameras in bathrooms and dressing rooms in the news around Mm -hmm. 2010 2011 um so the fact that they're making a joke out of it was not not great um I think that they are leaning heavily on the dynamic of like, ah, we're all just having fun here. And like, this is kind of funny and like Morgan is harmless. Um, but it is, it was very jarring to see um, that be like the, the the beat they wanted to end on and spend like a good chunk of this short on. Um, it was pretty disappointing, I would say in something that was, It went from like boring and kind of nonsensical to like, oh, wow, this is this is dark. This is actually bad. Um, So (laughs) that was my thought on that.
0: And that once again, like that just I I just I guess the whole thing just felt very immature to me because it was like that's why I was like. Oh, I feel like this could have been filmed by teenagers uh, in 2011 and where it would, to your point, go from kind of weird and nonsensical and boring to uh, all of a sudden very offensive. Uh, That kind (laughs) of sounds like the teenage uh, film creation process. So yeah, that's uh, that's operation Gomez and uh, that's
1: operation Gomez.
0: Then we have, that's right. The bloopers. It's the gag reel. Um, Pretty solid, uh, pretty solid gag reel. I know you, I guess you haven't really seen any of the other gag reels, even though you could have Mm -hmm. YouTube them if I gave you a, Heads up, but I didn't. Um, this one was this pretty good. Pretty pretty solid.
1: Yeah, I thought it was good. Um, it was surprisingly sexual. A lot of the, like, yes. gags that happen were um, people making sex jokes, people, like, humping things, people, um... <laughs> at one point, uh, Joshua Gomez tells... I'm so sorry that I don't remember off the top of my head the actress who plays Alex, but he tells her he wants her inside him. Um, And everybody is just in hysterics about that because, of course, a woman could never be inside of a man. That's not how sex works. Um, And there's a lot of nudity references, uh, sexual innuendos, um, a lot of, like, messing up lines, a lot of going, like, (laughs) a lot of flatulence, I would say. More than I was (laughs) expecting. I haven't seen these before. Do the other gag reels have that... That much going on?
0: Flatulence? I don't think so. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I. I was surprised. (laughs) I guess it it must happen. You know. I mean, I imagine uh, it
1: does happen. I was surprised that there's not really like a level of embarrassment about it. Like people are just burping (laughs) and they're just fine.
0: I guess it's when you once again work with people for 14 to 17 hours a day and are under extreme stress, then you probably start to. just kind of, uh, break down a little bit.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that makes sense. Uh,
0: I enjoyed, there was a scene of, (laughs) um, Bonita Friedercy opening a bottle of Yoohoo for Joshua Gomez. Yes.
1: She was having fun in these bloopers. She had, there was another scene where she had, um, I'm not sure what, she was sitting at her desk and she had, Uh like, things in her ears, like, like, pencils or something. Like, she was, she was just goofing around. And that's fun because we don't usually see Beckman goof around.
0: Yeah, no, she was she's very silly. Uh uh Zachary Levi, his phone went off during a scene.
1: I was so shocked that he had that on him.
0: Kids these days and their phones, am I right? I know. They uh some good good scenes with the uh the sheep when uh Oh that Zachary was the yes, and that Timothy was very Dolan nice. with the sheep. So very enjoyable, um surprisingly sexual and surprisingly stinky is how yes. <laughs> we would describe the the bloopers. Uh, so now it wouldn't be an episode of Go Chuck Yourself if we didn't do Chuck Mary Kill. So we're gonna do Chuck Mary Kill for these bonus features. Aaron, out of all these bonus features that we've viewed today, what would you like to marry?
1: Okay, so I have two Marys. Um, there, we obviously watched a lot, so I think I deserve to pick two.
0: That's fine. I will not oppose that.
1: Um, Bonita having fun I thought was adorable because again we don't really see Beckman having like doing gags so it was nice to see like her personality as an actress coming through in these moments Um, and I also really liked Zachary Levi's dad he just felt like such a dad I know we have a lot of dad listeners um and he just felt like dad like he was just kind of awkward and he was just like I could imagine my dad delivering that where like Everybody else is kind of like joking around being a little ironic and fun. And he's just like, Zach really loves to be on both sides of the camera. Like he just is, he just was very genuine and kind of sweet. Um, and it was really endearing.
0: It was very endearing. It was kind of like he, I guess <laughs> I, I recognized that as it was happening, but I didn't really know how to articulate it, but that's what yeah. it was. And it's kind of like he was talking to, a like he was at like a parent teacher conference yeah. and he was talking to his teacher about what Zachary really, Levi's like, goals yeah. are and it was like he really enjoys uh being in front of the camera and uh, he, you know I think he wants to get some experience behind the camera as well and it was just adorable
1: it was very cute and I just like I am like I'm sure he's very supportive of his son I don't know like the extent of their relationship like, the extent of his understanding of Chuck or what was going on in that specific day but it was just like I could imagine my dad in that situation where he's like supportive, but he he doesn't really understand like what the um what the joke is here. Like he's just kind of like being genuine about it. It was,
0: it was just really
1: cute.
0: <laughs> Zachary Levi's dad kind of looked like your dad.
1: Yeah, I can. I I'm gonna have to look at him again, but I could see that.
0: I think he looked like your dad crossed with Chevy Chase. Is how I would describe him.
1: My dad has actually. He said that people have told him he looks like Chevy Chase before, so. Really? Makes sense. Um, what is your, Mary?
0: Yeah, I guess I just enjoyed the the whole Chuck versus directing um, thing. You know, overall, I thought it was really nice. I think it's really interesting to see how the sausage gets made. And it was kind of cool to see all the different, you know, even briefly get to meet all the very um, hardworking people that are behind the scenes of Chuck. Like the uh, the set costumer, you know, that's there's a person in a team who have to take photos of every character all the time and like write down what they were wearing. So in case they need to do reshoots, they can, um, because obviously we uh, over the course of go Chuck yourself, we like making fun of, you know, maybe some goofs or whatever, but overall, like they all do a really excellent job, all these people. And so it was really cool getting to see that, you know, they all have a role in making it happen and, and delivering a uh, pretty sweet product at the end of it.
1: Yeah, I absolutely agree. Um, speaking of less sweet products,
0: I wonder if we're going to have similar thoughts here, Aaron. What would you like to kill?
1: Is your is yours also the Morgan like the whole Morgan thing, really? But particularly the bathroom thing.
0: Yes. Yes.
1: Okay. So there's not a lot more to say that we haven't already said about it. I just think that um, it was that particular moment was jarring and offensive and upsetting, um, and portrayed for laughs like all in good fun um and like haha isn't it funny that like joshua gomez would do this and that uh ivan Strahovski would get so upset about it and like chase him around and it's just like goofs but i don't think that it's pretty much the equivalent of a rape joke which here in 2021 we try not to make anymore we kind of know that's a bad thing so that was upsetting and then just the general like vibe of that whole short, I thought, was, like, confusing and not really that interesting. Um, it was my least favorite bonus feature available. Um, I wish they had done something, like, I don't know, I wish they had either done something informative, if they had to fill space, they could have done something, like, completely genuine, explaining how something works, or they had gone in like gone farther into the direction of the Byhard thing and had it be completely fictional um this kind of weird middle ground didn't really work for me in this instance
0: i agree with erin 100 i would also kill the whole operation gomez short uh for the reasons that Aaron just very eloquently explained so now moving into uh, i thought we agreed not to say halo reach anymore in this episode <laughs> Uh, This is uh, for today only. We're doing the Halo Reach scale. Um, I guess Master Chief presents the Halo Reach scale, (laughs) a celebration of all things Microsoft. Um, Arian, how many copies of Halo Reach would you give this collection of bonus features?
1: I'm going to give this uh, collection of bonus features three copies of Halo Reach. Um, I thought that... Um, so that's about, like, if if it's purchased um, at the original release, I'm giving it about, what, $150? But now I'm giving it about $30 if, if we're assigning a monetary value. Um, I thought that, like, what we've said already, I thought that there were some... I don't really want to say high highs, but there were some like pretty interesting. I thought that Chuck versus directing was informative. I thought the bloopers was good. I even thought buy hard was fine. Um, but I think that Operation Gomez does bring my total enjoyment of it down. I will say for all of these things, I liked that they were relatively short. It wasn't like a bad way to spend a morning. I. Um, Obviously, they're not going to be, like, as interesting and entertaining as, like, an actual narrative episode of Chuck, but I thought that, like, it wasn't, I, like, based on, maybe based on the fact that our other experiences of this are me just, like, listening to you describe things that I haven't seen, this felt a lot less like a chore than I was expecting it to feel. (laughs) (laughs) So, three copies of Halo Reach.
0: I, I would also give this episode three uh, copies of Halo Reach. Cool. Uh, I I think that these bonus features are enjoyable enough. I think that, you know, I'm obviously hungry for more behind the scenes content and I, I could watch a whole documentary about that. Like if Chuck versus directing was 90 minutes long, I'd be down to, to watch that. Yeah. I think it would be really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but compared to previous seasons bonus content, I'd say that this was pretty much, you know, on par with everything because they tend to have some kind of equivalent of Chuck versus d- directing, like a non-fictional kind of behind-the-scenes uh. thing, and then they have some kind of sillier fictionalized stuff. Um, b- the Byhard Jeff and Lester story I thought was surprisingly enjoyable um, mm-hmm. considering it was Jeff and Lester and could have been really bad, uh, but I thought it was actually pretty pleasant. And uh, yeah, Operation Gomez didn't really care for, but that kind of is aligned with the other bonus features from the other seasons where there's usually something that's just kind of feels like filler content that is kind of boring and feels like they just kind of put it on there because they have some kind of obligation to provide some kind of content, even if it was not going to be great. Cause, you know, obviously the creative team for Chuck is focusing on uh actually making the episodes in their yeah. 14 to 17 hour days. Yeah. And they don't really have time to write other content for just the DVD customers who um are going to buy the the set afterwards so i had a good time overall um some things i thought were you know could definitely have gone without but overall you know blooper reel thought was pretty solid yeah and uh yeah i think it was it's pretty fine i
1: think it was great well good i think it was good
0: <laughs> it was okay just like halo <laughs> reach it was fine
1: it was fine
0: it was it was okay uh i'm curious now about halo reach i don't want to say halo reach anymore but now i'm like <laughs> Do I pay $10? Do I buy it on Steam? Mm, it, yes. is, I don't know. Uh, so now we have the lesson of the week. Aaron, what did you learn?
1: I learned, and I'm I'm sorry to do this to you, um, but I'm going to say it again. If your sex life is, um, as Big Mike says, fizzling, Halo Reach can bring it right back up to uh, frothing.
0: And this week I learned that the cast and crew of Chuck, they're just like us they're just regular people just having a goofy time farting all over the set having their phones go off that's that's uh, true <laughs> uh they're just normal people and uh doing doing what they do so
1: stars are just like us
0: they uh regular regular folks just doing the thing so <laughs> uh <laughs> that's the uh that's the moral from all of this is just the regular folks doing their thing. Yep. Uh Season four bonus features. So we will be back uh, in, I guess, uh soon with our season four recap episode where we talk all things season four, kind of put that to bed. So that will be coming up in the near future until then. I hope you've enjoyed these bonus features. My name is Chris Gillespie reminding you that food is sexy.
1: My name is er- so close.
0: There's a blooper right there. there we'll put a that blooper. our own blooper reel.
1: <laughs> my name is Erin Arano, letting you know that anything is possible.
0: Yep. Now I am going to finally open my curtains and see what remains of this beautiful day's sunshine. And look at that. The sun is already setting. Great. <laughs> we'll see you next week, everyone. Bye-bye. bye bye Thanks for listening. As always, a big thanks to the artist Hadakoa and the fine folks at freemusicarchive.org for providing us with our theme song, Warm Up. If you want to drop us a line, you can reach us at gocheckyourselfpodcast at gmail.com. Don't forget to like and subscribe to go check yourself on your preferred podcast platform. New episodes come out every Monday morning and you do not want to miss a new episode. Thanks again. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye.